0: Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. And I'm from Momentum Christian Center, Momentum Christian Church in Bannockburn, and it's such an honor to be here with you today. Unfortunately, I can't be here in person with you, and we get to share this time together still as we come around the Word of God. And so I want to encourage you that, that God is moving. Even in this medium, even in this format, God is still moving. And so let me just encourage you with that. You know, uh, we've we've invited our church in Bannockburn to to take part in today uh, with with you. And so this is a time that we can share together uh, as well. So that's a really powerful thing. Let me just open in prayer. Lord God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you that uh, even in the midst of these hardships, Lord, that we can still meet together in this format. And so, Lord, I just pray that by your power, by your Holy Spirit, that you would just flow into people's homes, that you would flow into people's lives in a new and fresh way. Lord, as we open up your Scripture, that you would speak to our hearts and that you would really do a new work. I just pray all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've already started to, to introduce myself, uh, but let me just give you a little bit more background into my life. Uh, I am married. I have a beautiful wife. She's a strong woman of God, and usually when I go into other churches, she'll come with me, and she is a powerful minister, and, and she has got a prophetic gift. Her name is Cass, um, so I'm, I'm sad that you don't get to meet her as well. But uh, we also have two beautiful children, Sophia and Quinn. And I've been a church pastor for seven years now, uh, ministering into the church at Bannockburn. And this journey of becoming a minister, uh, a pastor of the, the gospel, has been a real journey for me. It's taken me 20 years to, before God has fulfilled his promise prophetic word over my life that he gave to me that I would become a minister in the church that I would start to be become a pastor and there were times where I nearly gave up there were times where I just wanted to throw in the towel I'll talk a little bit more about that later on but there's been so many ups and downs within this journey and I believe that this is an encouragement for for someone who, who might be watching today, that you've been given a word, that God has spoken to you, but there is a journey that you need to take. There is something that you need to be patient with. And so that's what I really want to encourage you with today, to hold on to that word that God has given you. Hold on to it tight. Knowing that God has called you prophetically or through his scriptures, whatever, however it is that he has called you and confirm that, but hold tight to that. Revisit it, but be patient and don't force it and don't give up. You see, a lot of people actually fail to move into the call of God of their life because they give up just at the point that they are about to break through. And quite often, what I've found is that that little bit, that little bit at the end there is actually the most hardest part. It's the most difficult. It's when you're tired and you're feeling drained and you're like, I can't take any more. But as we push through that, that's when we move into God's purposes. That's when we move into His plans And I believe that that's for someone here today, that as you persevere, as you push through, you're gonna move into God's plans and his purposes and and see something happen. This really flows into the message that I wanna share with you today. I wanna talk to you about God's plans and his purposes. I wanna talk to you about his sovereignty and his salvation Have you ever watched someone as they are working on a pottery wheel? I find it so peaceful to watch them, you know, there's just something mesmerising about watching someone work with clay on a pottery wheel. You know, the potter has the power to shape, to change, to develop that clay. They can do whatever they want, whatever they need to that clay. They choose what the clay will become. They choose what to keep, what is necessary. They choose what the vessel will look like and and ultimately what that vessel will be used for. And so... I wanna look at this, this imagery, because this is in the scripture that we're looking at today. The potter is used as an illustration about our relationship with God and about how God relates to us as well. So why don't you turn with me now to Jeremiah chapter 18. We're gonna look at verses one to six. And I love this passage. Jeremiah chapter 18, verses one to six. This is what it writes, and I'm reading from the ESV. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at at his wheel, and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Let's just pray Lord God, just reveal to us something about you through these verses. Enlighten them to us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. I could have read on, but um, there's so much even within those few verses. But let me just give you some, a contextual snapshot of some of these, this book's themes. There are two strong themes that really flow throughout this book of Jeremiah. It's a prophetic book by nature, but there are some really important themes. The first theme that I want to look at is that God will judge his chosen people if they choose to reject his ways. And so that sounds a little bit daunting, doesn't it? But the second theme is, as it is more important. On the flip side of this, the other theme is that God is determined to restore all people to him. He wants to bring you in. He wants to bring me in. No matter what. So God is addressing through these scriptures, through these verses, spiritual needs of people. We have spiritual needs and God is addressing them through the words of Jeremiah. So the big question that is asked throughout the book of Jeremiah is, will God's people listen to him or will they reject him? And as we read through Jeremiah, here's a question that we need to resolve. Will we follow God or will we choose to follow our own path? That's the question that we need to resolve. One way leads to hope. It leads to a future. It leads to something new, something fresh. The other way leads to destruction, leads to hopelessness. Jeremiah loved to use teaching aids, and we see this at the start of chapter 18. He he used these teaching aids, these visualizations to show what God was saying. And this is what we're looking at. God calls Jeremiah now to go down to the potter's house. And so Jeremiah goes down and when he arrives, what does he see? The potter there working on the pottery wheel, making a vessel While he's watching and observing this going on, something goes wrong. Something happens and the potter has to scrap it and start again. So whether it was that it just collapsed or um, there was an imperfection in the clay, something went wrong. But what I love here is that the potter doesn't scrap it. He doesn't throw away the clay. He brings it all back together and he starts to work on it again. He brings it back to the centre and a new work is began. He's making it malleable. He's making it free of those imperfections that affected it at the start. And then God tells Jeremiah, he says to Jeremiah, I am the potter and my people are the clay. This image of the relationship between the potter and the clay tells us so much. And and we need to understand that. It's a a relationship that is being depicted here. Today in the time remaining, I just wanna briefly point to two ways That God works with us. And these are principles that we can take from this passage. Two ways that God works with us in that He shapes us and that He remakes us. And these two ways that God works with us are bookended by uh, two attributes of God in that He is sovereign and He is always merciful. And and these attributes of God end up being reflected in the way that he works with us. And and so they really end up just flowing together, these four points that I have for you today. So let's start by looking at God is sovereign. This is a pretty um, straightforward statement, isn't it? We know that God is sovereign, but within this illustration there is a distinction between the creator and the created. This is what we can really see, that relationship between the creator and the created. You see, the creator has authority in directing the purpose. And think about that in the context of this potter with the, with the clay. is that he is directing that clay to become a vessel The Creator has that authority in directing and purposing that which He is creating. God is our Creator, and we are His creation. And the Creator has the right to do as He sees fit. That's what being sovereign is. The created doesn't have, the, have any say in that, doesn't have any right of dispute In fact, Paul says it like this in Romans, Romans chapter nine, verse 20 to 21. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have the right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? Now, the context here in Romans is slightly different to the context in, in, in Jeremiah. But the principle is the same. God is sovereign. We might say, God is large and in charge at the moment. And I think that this is really a, a, an important word for us in season, right now. God is large and in charge. We might not see it, but he is sovereign over all that is going on right now. And we need to be able to be submissive to his sovereignty in these circumstances. The reason we should submit to this is because God knows what is healthiest. He knows what is best for us. And I want to encourage us today that God is sovereign. I can't state that enough. I hope that you've heard That God is sovereign. And this flows into our second point here. God shapes us. As we acknowledge that God is sovereign, then it makes a process easier. The process is God shapes us. He is shaping us. He is moulding us. And sometimes, if you're like me, we approve what God is doing within our lives. We approve the, the process, the shaping and the molding that God puts us through. But sometimes we don't. Sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we question God. When God called me into pastoral ministry, I think I was, my first sense of this was when I was 16 years, 16 years old. And I was happy with the process that, of going into pastoral ministry. And I was happy with that. I was content. I submitted to it. But the process was longer and harder than I had ever expected it to be. You see, I thought that I would become a youth pastor And then I would become an associate pastor. And then I would become a senior pastor. And I made it. That's what I thought the process would be. It didn't work out that way. One night after probably 15 years of the process, the shaping process, I was frustrated. I was so frustrated. I I went down by myself to Eastern Beach in Geelong. You may know uh, that it's all the images of Geelong, really. Um, and I'm walking around Eastern Beach. I'm bawling my eyes out, and I'm crying out to God. And this is what I said to God: Maybe not quite word for word, but the the idea was there. God, if you don't open the door for me to, to move into this in the next month, I'm out. I'm not going to do this past, pastoring thing. In fact, if you don't come through in a month, I don't even know whether I can have faith anymore. I don't know if I even want to do this faith thing. God in his wisdom was silent. He said nothing. So I gave God a month. Guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. And so I confront God again. And I come before God and I say, God, clearly you don't understand how serious I am. I'm going to give you two more months. Two more months, God. And if you haven't come through, I'm out. For real, this time, I'm out. Well, you can probably hear that by the way that I'm praying, I wasn't ready. I hadn't fully submitted to God. In time, God did move. He did do what needed to occur. But as I look back now, and you know, hindsight is always a beautiful thing, isn't it? But as I look back in those final few years, in those final few months, God shaped me the most in that time. God knew that I needed to be shaped in a particular way. And He knew that until I gave into that shaping, I wasn't going to be ready. Until I undertook that process, I wasn't going to be able to fulfill what it was that God needed me to do. We are shaped by God so that we can become effective and useful in his house. And if you want a a scripture that sort of talks about that, in uh, 1 Timothy, I I think it is, where uh, um, Paul writes about the, the vessels in the house is talking about us becoming useful for God's purposes and his use. Shaping is about preparation, which leads to being used by God. Now, that's not to say that we're not used in the process, but to fulfil his call and his purpose, we need to submit to that preparation. And when we do submit, the outcome is that we are built in strength with strength and resilience and purpose and ability to do what it is that God has called us to do. This leads on to, to our third point God remakes us. You see, as I said, as Jeremiah is watching the potter, everything goes wrong. So the process must start again. The process is brought back to the center. And this is what I want you to know is that you are never disqualified from being shaped, molded, and used by God. Have you ever known that you've blown it? I know I, I'm a real self-analyzer of myself. And there are times where I know that I've blown it. I've possibly Done it to the point where I cannot be redeemed. But whenever we get to this point, all we need is to repent and submit to God. And he removes the imperfections. He brings us back to the centre. He starts to make us malleable. God is in the business of starting something new. And this is what I want you to hear in this, is that God is in the business of starting something new in our life. Just like the potter, God never takes his hand off the clay. And so when we feel broken and spoiled, like things have collapsed around us, like we've mucked up to to the point of being irredeemable, if we submit to God's sovereignty, something new can be born within us within our lives. And I believe that this is really something important for someone who's watching today. That you need to hear this. God is ready to birth something new in your life. As you repent and as you resubmit to Him, something new is gonna be born in your life. And I believe that I'm, I'm speaking that out prophetically for you right now. Even though you might think that things are spoiled and unusable, God's saying, come to me. I'm gonna make something new with you and for you. The fourth thing And this is a beautiful attribute of God. God is always merciful. You see, and this flows right throughout this prophetic book. God is always merciful. He's always prepared to to try and restore all people to him. Who is God always merciful to? God is always merciful to those who repent, those who, who are choosing to walk away from a self-destructive life which is purely controlled by selfishness. And those people are choosing to submit to the one in God who knows exactly what is best for you. He knows exactly what is best for us, and it's in Him. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you might be wondering, how do I I move into that kind of life? How do I move from a life that's controlled by selfish desires into a life of freedom in Christ? Well, you just need to pray a simple ABC prayer, and let me explain this. A stands for acknowledge, acknowledge your sin. You might say something like, God, I'm sorry that I have wronged you. I'm sorry that I've rejected your love. Forgive me. B stands for believe in Jesus. You might say something like, I believe in you. Be my saviour. Redeem me back to a right relationship with you. And C, is commit to follow Jesus. Lord, I will follow you. I will submit my life to the hand of the potter. I will submit to you, Lord. If you pray that prayer, the ABC prayer, I can guarantee you God is prepared to answer that. That is the prayer that God always answers because God is always merciful. Let me close with this. The key to finding out and understanding our call and purpose from God in life really requires being in the potter's hands. That's where we will find our purpose. God is sovereign. He knows what is best. And as we submit ourselves to his shaping work, as hard as that may be, as much patience as we might need to apply to that, what we will see is that we will, be, we will actually move into that call. We will move into that purpose and we will become useful to God. And He will start to use us for His purpose. But know that if things go wrong, if we muck up, which, if you're like me, happens more often than what you would like to admit. No one trusts that God can and will. Birth something new within you. You are never irredeemable. You can never mess up enough to disqualify yourself. Hear that this morning. You can never disqualify yourself. When you repent and return to Christ, you can always be redeemed. There is always Mercy for you when you come to God. Why don't you just close your eyes. We're just going to close in prayer. If something that I've said has spoken to you, just really take pause right now and let God continue to speak. And I'm sure that um, if you wanted to be in touch with the leadership here, um, they would love to pray with you. Let's just pray, Lord God. I just thank you so much that you are sovereign. You are God over all. That even in the midst of these circumstances that we are all going through right now, that you that you are still large and in charge. Lord God, I thank you that you shape us for your plans and purposes. May we be people that submit to you. Lord God, I thank you that you do continue a new work within us even when we make mistakes. Lord God, I thank you that you are always merciful. Lord, I just pray right now that this word would sink into all of our hearts. But Lord, for those that you are really working on uh, right now, I just pray that you will just empower them by your Spirit. For those that have given their heart to you for the first time, I pray that you would give them greater revelation of you right now. Lord, in our remaining time, may you just continue to minister to us. I pray all this now in Jesus' name. Amen.